1: Information, connect with a wealth advisor today at corient.com. That's C O R I E N T dot com. Corient.com. The
2: following podcast is a production of the Factual Data Creations Facility. Oh, that was the- That's it. 98. 98. Welcome to the OFNT Podcast, episode 180, which I'm calling, Is It Chaos or Is It Age? I'm your host who apparently doesn't know how to run anything but his mouth. (laughs) In another sign that the season is changing, I just witnessed a flock of geese flying south. Before you know it, the kids will be heading back to school. Okay, enough of this. Let's start the show. Tech news. Autumn is on the horizon and with it comes tech announcement season. Before said announcements, it's leak season and no company leaks like the Big G itself, Google. The upcoming Pixel 8 will be coming with a revamped camera app. This from an article from TechRadar's website. I've already covered the major Pixel 8 hardware leaks in a previous episode, but hey, here's a refresher. The Pixel 8 will feature a larger camera sensor for all models a 64-megapixel ultra wide sensor for the Pro models, and improved autofocus. Are you seeing a pattern here? Along with a larger battery and more RAM, of course. While the tech press is trying to hype up the excitement around the Pixel 8, based on these leaks, it seems to me Google is settling for an incremental upgrade this year, and this is probably a good thing. Who knows, maybe Google will surprise us in early October when the new phones are officially announced. Time will tell. Continuing with Google, Digital Trends is expecting a follow-up to last year's sort of underwhelming Pixel Watch coming this fall. Amongst the rumors the site is reporting are thinner bezels around the display, deep Fitbit integration and increased third-party app support, and increased battery life this year. The battery life increase can be chalked up to a Snapdragon W5 chip being utilized in this year's watch versus the Samsung Exynos used in last year's model. The cost for the Pixel Watch, too, is rumored to be $350 for the Wi-Fi-only model and $400 for the LTE version. Not bad in comparison to Apple's offerings, whose main feature seems to be their reprehensible Apple tax. I must say I was disappointed with the original Pixel Watch's design, which featured thick display bezels and was overall kind of thick and clunky, in my opinion. Meta's Threads is finally available on desktop reads the headline from cnn yeah this is the second time this year i'm using cnn as a source the headline was followed by a joyful article which stated that with the new desktop feature threads will quote raise fresh competitive concerns for x unquote geez these people just can't wait to get back into their respective and protective bubbles can they just perusing my news feed, I saw countless negative articles about X, formerly known as Twitter. It says if they're trying to cancel Mr. Musk and his app, amongst other things, now doesn't it? And speaking of which, Reuters reports that the U.S. Department of Injustice, oops, I mean Justice, has sued Mr. Musk's SpaceX company for not hiring refugees and asylees. You can read that as illegal immigrants. The DOJ is accusing SpaceX of routinely discouraging non-citizens and illegal residents from applying in violation of the Immigration and Nationality Act. What? Yeah, I never heard of this being used in the same way either. What most of the mainstream press is not telling you is that if SpaceX did so, the company could then be prosecuted for that under the same act. Also, SpaceX is the holder of many military and government contracts which require workers to obtain a security clearance. Now, how can one obtain such a clearance if you are in this country illegally or you can't claim either citizenship or legal residency? The DOJ citing social media posts attributed to Mr. Musk as being, quote, discriminatory by cautioning these, quote, refugees and asylees, unquote, that they need not apply. This case has all the hallmarks of yet another politically charged case brought by the DOJ against those who dare not to toe the agenda line of the current government. I ask... Is that the DOJ's main function? Well, it appears that way to me, and I'm sure many others. I believe this case is nothing more than a warning to other companies and citizens that the government will target you for daring to express your own opinion and do everything it can to bankrupt you. I'm sure after some time and a lot of money spent on lawyers, this case will eventually be thrown out. Now just imagine if you weren't the richest person on earth, as Mr. Musk is, and the government is suing you or your business. An article from Forbes.com reports that the CEO of Blockchain Capital, one Mr. Bart Stevens, has lost $6.3 million in a SIM swap crypto hack. Ouch! Yeah, that's gotta hurt. Now, the way a SIM swap works is a nefarious criminal gathers your cell phone number and other personal info, such as your address, etc. Then he calls a probably minimum wage customer service operator, who is most likely an offshore contract employee, and convinces them that... You lost your phone and need a new SIM card and have forgotten your account password. Upon successfully taking over your cellular account, the thief imports your cell phone number into their phone and has access to all your apps, draining bank accounts and crypto wallets along the way. Mr. Stevens wasn't notified by his cellular service provider until a day later that he'd been hacked by a SIM swap, and by then it was just too late. On the bright side, a hacker tried to scam a further $14 million, but was prevented from doing so by an alert employee of his company. Mr. Stephen has filed a lawsuit against the hacker known as Jane Doe at the U.S. District Court for Northern California. All I can say is good luck with that, bro. If you're using any computers that run on the Windows operating system, well, I'd hold off on updating the computer for a bit. It seems the latest update has the effect of giving the user the infamous blue screen of death upon boot-up, citing the unsupported processor error. The update number is KB5029351, which is supposed to install system version 22621.2215. Fortunately, the rogue update uninstalls itself after a few failed boot-ups of the computer, and this was from Digital Trends. You know, I don't miss the updating of my Windows-based PCs when I used to use them back in what I fondly remember as being the day. TechRadar has an article which reveals that Apple has been granted a patent for a smart ring. This follows a report of an incoming smart ring from rival Samsung. Apple's ring patent concerns a wearable ring that can be used to control other devices, including virtual reality peripherals, without needing a controller. Based on this, the Apple ring doesn't seem to really be a smart ring like the aura ring I wear, for example. It doesn't appear to have any other functions like sleep tracking, etc. But who knows things can change in the future, Conan? That will do it for the tech news section. Have you seen what I done here? I've managed to make something from a nothing week regarding tech news <laughs> Tech I'm using. Well, I must sing the praises of my recently installed Ring indoor cameras, specifically the one installed on my living room sill, which looks out over my front yard. Because of this camera, I found out whose dog is leaving a deposit on my lawn and caught the neighbor's kids tipping over my trash can or at least attempting to do so. Who knows what mysteries will be solved over the coming year because of this diminutive piece of technology. I'm also not surprised to find mail or other packages delivered which my ring doorbell camera refused to alert me to, much less record. The camera in the window picks up a person and duly alerts me upon their approach. As far as future tech purchases go, I'm awaiting an influx of cash, which was supposed to be here last week, but didn't make it. I'll be on the phone to the party concerned come tomorrow to find out where it is. It's not a particularly large sum, but it's enough to leverage into first a new 15-inch MacBook Air and then an iMac come hopefully in mid-September. We'll just have to wait and see. The latest iOS 17 public beta fixed all of the issues I've reported in previous episodes of this podcast, but introduced a new one. I'll be at home logged into my Wi-Fi network when I'll try to open an app or play a podcast or something and get an error message saying my Wi-Fi network isn't connected to the Internet. When I switch to my Cellular network, everything works fine. I have to reboot my phone to get it to reconnect to Wi Fi, and then I'm back to normal. It doesn't happen often, but it's still kind of annoying.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker,
3: engineering your success. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable.
2: With professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call ClickGranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Entertainment News. Hey, remember CNN Plus? No. Well, if you don't, let me refresh your memory. CNN Plus was supposed to be the next chapter for the beleaguered, opinion-driven, news-drivel network where, for a subscription payment, the customer would get digital-exclusive content. Subscriptions and viewers were so low that CNN Plus was canceled about a month after launching. Wow! Well, CNN Plus is back. Well, sort of. If you're a subscriber to HBO Max, now just called Max, you'll be able to access CNN Max within the Max app. The streaming items look similar to what was available on the failed CNN Plus service. This new iteration appears to be more news-centric than just opinion shows. If you can consider anything CNN or the rest of mainstream media, and I'm including Fox in this category, as news. This will start on September 27th, and again, it will not be a separate app. You'll have to access it within the Max app. This will be a nice-to-have item for those that already subscribe to Max. Google TV adds 25 more free channels. NFL ticket integration is the headline from TechCrunch. Google TV runs on top of Android TV and comes pre-installed on Chromecast devices. I think Google is ahead on the entertainment front and wish that Apple had a similar service. These additional 25 channels boost the free built-in channel count to over 100. It's like Pluto TV without having to install the Pluto app. Where were these free channels when I was just a young, struggling lad, just starting out? Oh, that's right, no internet. No internet, no joy. Well, the actors and writers' strike continues unabated, and no one seems to care. I think people will start caring when their favorite television series fail to appear this autumn and winter. As I've stated before, the big losers are the late shows. Then again, not many were watching them anyway, and many networks might just consider dropping them altogether. Well, one can hope. (laughs) The latest comic book superhero movies have tanked, which puts the upcoming release's success in doubt, which will cause even more money to be lost by these studios. I chalked this up to superhero fatigue and bad scripts along with uninspired acting. All of the big names in acting, seeing the writing, pun intended, on the wall, have punched out of these types of movies. Disney, once the king of money printing machines, stock has fallen to a level not seen in over a decade, and no one, except investors, seem to give a hoot, feeling it's well-deserved. Well, there's plenty of Korean shows and movies to watch on Netflix and other streaming services to help fill the void. Podcast News Inside Podcasting is reporting that more people are listening to podcasts these days. No! I have to say that that doesn't apply to this podcast, though. Uh oh. My numbers have taken yet another hit this month, and that means that the show is below the threshold for getting paid for the ads that run during it. Yep, I'm getting nothing, nada. Just like the old days when I first started out. <gasps> <laughs> oh, well, if this keeps up, I'll have to consider moving my show's hosting over to Spotify for Podcasters, which was formerly known as Anchor. I really don't want to do that, but a podcaster has to do what a podcaster has to do, or something like that. I actually made more money from my Now Suspended Straight from the Desk podcast, and that had no ads. I made my money from listener donations only. I'm in the midst of revamping that show with a target release date of 1 October. One thing I'm learning to regret is not investing money into the Shure Corporation. Watching podcasts on YouTube and Rumble, I'd estimate at least 75% of those shows utilize the Shure SM7B microphone. A smaller percentage use the Electrovoice RE20 and a sprinkling of them use the Electrovoice RE320 and Rode Procaster, both of which I have and use. The RE320 used to be more popular, but it seems many hosts have replaced them with the SM7B. I aspire to obtain an RE20 for myself. The microphone is still made here in the USA, while the SM7B, along with most others, are made in China. Hey, I have a big birthday coming up this October. Maybe I'll be gifted a RE20. Shameless hint inserted. Well, at least the road mics are made in Australia. While you used to see the Blue Yeti as far as USB-type mics go, I see many more Shure MV7s these days. A mic brand that seems to be gaining traction lately is Lewitt, and I can see why. Lewitt mics give you a lot of bang for the buck, as they say. The only drawback is that Lewitt mics are of the condenser type, meaning they'll pick up a lot of room noise. If you have a good, quiet recording space, and unfortunately I do not, these mics are the way to go. My late father was a big fan of radio dramas, now referred to as old-time radio. When I was a kid, many, many years ago, a local public radio FM station would play these long-forgotten radio dramas on Friday nights, and my father would always listen to them. Well, I would too, and I enjoyed them. Shows like The Shadow and Johnny Dollar were my favorites. In the early 1980s, CBS Radio tried bringing back radio dramas, but stopped within a year because no one was listening to them except me, I guess. In the 1990s, I found and started listening to The Adventures of Harry Nile radio drama, which I was always able to find on a station wherever I was. Then came podcasts, and the very first one I recall listening to was a podcast that played those old radio shows like The Shadow and Johnny Dollar, as well as others. There were a bunch of old-time radio podcasts back then, but I don't think many have survived to the current day. And that's partly due to the fact that there are many podcasts that feature modern, original, scripted dramas. Sadly, most don't last more than a season. Currently, I'm listening to a few out of the United Kingdom. For some reason, shows produced there last a while. Right now, my favorite is Haunted, the audio drama. Another is Celine, which just joined the Rusty Quill Podcast Network, producers of the Magnus Archive. During the pandemic, China, there seemed to be an explosion of scripted dramas produced here in the United States, mostly in and around New York City. While most were outstanding, as soon as the situation cleared up, they just disappeared. I guess these were done by all those unemployed theater actors doing something until the studios and theaters reopened. I believe this period can be considered the return of the golden age of scripted audio drama, but this time it's occurring in the podcasting space, not the radio waves. What do you think? It's the return of the rant. I had planned on telling a story, but to be frank, I just don't feel like doing so this week. Instead, I just have a general rant. I have been living in this suburb of New York City for some 25 years now and have witnessed the area getting worse and worse over that time. Nothing seems to be improving unless you count the number of multi-tenant affordable housing units, which are actually not so affordable, springing up like weeds around here. All this does is increase the number of people and traffic in the area. Thanks to my newly installed Ring Indoor camera I praised in the Tech I'm Using section, I have evidence of this. My once quiet street sees continuous traffic until about 3 a.m., and then it starts picking back up again by 4.30 a.m. The roads are falling apart, which makes me wonder where all that infrastructure money went. Come on, man. Not this particular infrastructure, evidently. Crime is on the uptick with multiple nightly reports of catalytic converter thefts and parked cars being sideswiped. The pungent smell of marijuana permeates the air no matter where you are, and the way many are driving on the roads these days are testament to the effects of the recent legalization of that drug. It's like the movie Road Warriors out there when you drive to your local supermarket, if you can afford to actually buy anything at that supermarket. Dollar stores are doing a hell of a business, disproving the mainstream media's opinion that this is the greatest economy of all time. No. Thanks to my retirement, I no longer have a commute. I can imagine what that trip has become. You know, I've got a lot of experience with Asian culture, and they believe that time moves in a circle and not in a straight, finite line like Westerners believe. You know, I'm starting to come to the opinion that the Asians are correct in their thesis, as things are resembling the 1970s but worse, thanks to social media and technology in general. This time around, it appears all the uncertainty and destruction is self-inflicted, as if there is a plan. Now, I'm not really a conspiracy theorist, but I find myself reaching for a proverbial tinfoil hat more often lately. More often than I'd like to be. The real question is, who can you trust? The music is playing and I'm smelling what my lovely wife is preparing me for dinner. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed making it for you. If you like what you heard, you can make a donation using the link in the show notes. Any and all donations will be appreciated. You can always reach me at OFNTPodcast at gmail.com if you're so inclined. I'd enjoy hearing from you. Remember, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. I think I hear my wife calling me to the table. Sorry, but you're not invited this time. So get off my lawn. Stay skeptical. I'm out. See ya!